All right. The Calling Home Podcast. You know we're getting close to episode 100? Really? Yeah. I mean, not of this TV run, but if you go back, because I mean, we started doing this in like 2015, I think. When we get to 100, I'll, I'll go back through the episodes and we'll do a quick retrospective or something. <laughs> it's been a while, though. But in these uh, this TV version of the podcast, we had, uh, it was like a pretty surprisingly delightful uh, little journey into Petticoat Junction last week. Because we have some pretty serious ups and downs with this thing. Of like, Yeah, but we were on a roll of a bunch of crap there for, it seemed like every week. Yeah, and... uh good was pretty friggin' rotten. Like, Petticoat Junction, like we were saying, it's not the same as Beverly Hillbillies, and it's not as good, but it does have that, you know, it's just kind of like a pleasant show like that we actually wanted to watch another one <laughs> you know like that's pretty rare that doesn't happen too often it reminds me of uh there's this japanese uh style of anime that started in the last i don't know 20 years where it's like calming like if you've had a hard day at work it's a deliberately low-key show with no real conflict that you watch just to help you wind down and that is kind of the feeling i get from these rural shows <laughs> of the CBS era. Like, it's just a nice vibe. It's just a nice place yeah, to visit. Like, I kind of mentioned that last week. You come home after your busy day at work and you just want to sit down and turn on the TV and not have anything that's really deep thinking or yeah. stressful or whatever. And you know, see the nice girls and they're taking their petticoats off the side of the water tower and you got the old Uncle Joe and he's just so jovial and happy and and it is like there is conflict yeah, there, there was the thing happening with you know the the bank people and stuff and I guess in Beverly Hillbillies it was like there's always the stress of you know Mr. Drysdale's always worried about something but then the other characters just diffuse it by their relaxed country ways yeah. <laughs> you know it's like you can't fight through that so this week we thought we'd finish the trilogy of shows. So it's Green Acres this week. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. We did say we'd look at Green Acres. And it's nice, uh, I was also saying last week how it's nice to watch these more famous shows because I can find, like, DVD sets. And, you know, it's not just these weird, really bad quality, scratched up, low resolution videos. When these are good quality, it's just easier to watch them. It's it literally is more fun to watch shows when you're not struggling <laughs> to watch the show. Which, obviously, we went to extremes with the early BBC, where that stuff was barely legible. But, you know, just it was for the, just to check it out or whatever. But this one should also be DVD quality CBS show. You know, we're at the, the point where uh, people cared <laughs> and actually maintained these shows, which is nice. So, uh, Green Acres... The sister show to Petticoat Junction ran from 1965 to 1971, starring Eddie Albert, and you had said... Zaza uh, Gabor. Right, and, uh, and I was like, no. oh yeah. Is it Zaza or Eva Gabor? Right, well that's the thing, is I, I knew Zaza Gabor just from whatever, she was just a celebrity in the 80s, she was on Pee Wee's Playhouse and shit, but uh, I didn't know there were other Gabors, but yeah, this yeah, is Eva this Gabor. This is Eva Gabor, yeah, they were sisters, I think there were three sisters of the Gabor sisters, they were from Hungary. Yeah. And they came over here and became, yeah, Hollywood starlets. Yeah, I was interested enough in it to try to find, you know, without doing massive amounts of research, I was just like, what is the story here? What happened? And there's no particular story, it's just uh, this one, Eva's the youngest sister. She came over first from Hungary, uh, and she married somebody rich and she just worked her way into acting and stuff. Uh, Zsa, Zsa I guess, won some, like, you know, beauty contests and stuff. And she came over after 
And she kind of became the most famous one, yeah, I'd say. she was in movies. Right. And then the third sister was the least famous of the three, but same thing. She was the oldest sister, and she just was like, well, I guess I will too. So she came over and also had a career. So, yeah, like I couldn't, there's no easy way to pin down, like, just seems so weird. So when did they come over here? Like Pre- pretty early, yeah. I, I don't wonder, have. Was it in the late fifties, maybe when they? Oh, I think been, way earlier than that. Because there was a Hungarian Revolution in nineteen fifty-six, I think, when Hungary broke out of the um, the communist realm uh, that was established after World War Two, um, and there were a lot of Hungarians, a, a lot of Hungarian refugees, who came to. Canada, I know, and probably the United States. And yeah, it would be in 56, I think was the revolution. I'm afraid I didn't write this stuff down, but uh, so I'm gonna have to look it up. But uh, she married Dr. Eric Drimmer, who she married in 1937 when she was 18 years old. So pretty early that she she got her ass out of Hungary. (laughs) Okay, yeah, before the war, before World War II. But yeah, pretty pretty uh, interesting little family, and yeah, it's just like I only knew I only knew the one. So again, I'm I'm learning stuff now. <laughs> so this show uh, had strong ratings, but it was canceled as part of the CBS Rural Purge we talked about last week, where viewers were rejecting rural-themed shows as they felt they were irrelevant to modern times. And Pat Buttram, who played Mr. Haney in Green Acres, his famous quote about it was, CBS canceled everything with a tree in it, including Lassie, which was true. After like 17 years, Lassie got canceled as part of this. And not just the rural stuff. This feels like all of this type of TV we've been watching, like this is where it all comes to an end. Because variety shows from the 40s and 50s, like Jackie Gleason show and Ed Sullivan show were canceled around this time. Uh, TV Westerns were targeted for cancellation. Like, all the stuff that we think of as early TV, if you had to pick a time that it was just getting swept away, it's the early 70s. They're just like, nuts to this. This is weird and irrelevant. We want urban Urban. shows. Yeah, Yeah. we want urban crap. And, like, the fact that uh, Petticoat Junction got replaced by Mary Tyler Moore is, like, such a perfect example of, like, let's be... Let's be clever. Let's be young. Let's be smart. Let's not be a bunch of fucking Jethro's <laughs> stumbling around. You know, as delightful as these shows are, it makes a certain kind of sense. Like at some point, you got to pull the plug on what TV was and like upgrade to a new level of sophistication. But you see, the Beverly Hillbillies crossed that line because they were urban centered. Right. Yeah. They that's were true. about country people hillbilly type people but they lived in an urban center yeah and that was uh yeah they yeah they crossed the line there and i guess this show from what i understand it's really is the reverse right it's like city folk that move out to to the country because uh let's see green acres started as a radio show called granby's green acres that ran in 1950 only for eight episodes it was like a summer series that was just about the same premise and it was uh, so that dude Paul Henning who made Beverly Hillbillies and Petticoat Junction was doing so well that basically the CBS gave him carte blanche they're like you want to do a third show but he thought that was too much to handle he didn't want to juggle a third show so he didn't actually create this show he executive produced it but it was this dude Jay Summers who had done that radio show in 1950 he was like hey dude why don't you take that and make it into a show and the same way Petticoat Junction was about Paul Henning's uh, grandmother-in-law's stories, 
this uh, Green Acres premise was based on Jay Summers's real childhood, where he had a stepfather who was obsessed with being a farmer and moved their family out to the farm. And the city kids suddenly had to start tilling fields and stuff, and he hated it. He's like, this is the worst. But then when he grew up, he made it into this show about these city slickers. Because I kind of got the sense from when I was reading that his stepdad was not great at this. He wasn't a farmer, but he just had it in his head that he wanted to be a farmer. Uh, and then the last little bit of trivia was that uh, the theme song was written by Vic Mizzy, who wrote the Adams Family theme song, which, I mean, that's like one of the most famous theme songs mm. ever. I mean, hey, Green Acres is the place for me. Right. So, I mean, I've heard Green Acres, da, da, but, da, 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 da. but Adams Family, but da, 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 you know, like now that's famous. Hey, kind of similar, right? Yeah. Uh, and Green Acres is also the first time that a show's cast performed the theme song. So there we go. That's what I know about Green Acres. So uh, since uh, Petticoat Junction went so well and we actually enjoyed watching more than one, uh, I got the very first episode of Green Acres, but then I noticed that the first episode of season two references Hooterville in the title. Okay. So I was like, well, let's watch that one too and just see how it connects to Petticoat Junction. And they're half-hour shows, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. I thought they were. This is, I mean, probably, at least for the time being, I mean, this is probably the farthest, the deepest in we're going to go, you know, like this is mid-60s, but just the fact that uh, TV shows are quickly turning color and all that stuff I was saying, like it was the end of the variety show, the end of the Western, the end of the rural shows, like the whole kind of purview of what we've been doing with this podcast this is the end. <laughs> this is the end of it. I'm not saying we can't go further. Oh, this might even be in color. That's surprising. I thought it would be black and white. But yeah, everything's coming to a close. Yeah, look at that. Color. Shit. We really are getting into the future. That's a very weird show. Yeah. I, I didn't like it, but, but there's things about it. Well, I guess basically, first off, I'd say you can really tell that it's not the Paul Henning guy who did the other two shows. Because this Jay Summers guy, just it's just not the same sense of like cleverness or... No. or like, because, yeah, the other shows, it's, like, about these kind of slow-witted country people, but you can tell the writers are not that way. They're, you know, snappy and come up with clever stuff. Where this is weird, where it's supposed to be about these urbane, you know, fancy-pants country people. And the dude in particular, what a blowhard. What a <laughs> boring character. His literal only, like, if you had to write a biography about this guy... He's obsessed with being a farmer, full stop. That's it. That's yeah, the that's only it. thing about him. <laughs> so, 
I mean, the first episode in particular was pretty brutal because it was like just an unnecessary level of setup. It took the whole half hour to get these country folk into. Yeah, and there was really no plot tied in. They should have had a, they should have had a farm type story that would finish that off, and not just arriving and seeing a dilapidated farmhouse. And it's funny too that like yeah, his whole character is that he was born on a farm and he misses farms. He doesn't like the city, but they spent that whole first episode like deconstructing their own premise the wife is like this is stupid it makes no sense the his mom shows up and is like you were only there for two days this is stupid it makes no sense but it's not like a charming affectation it's not funny it's it's just (laughs) boneheaded and annoying (laughs) like can you imagine being married to this fucking guy with his stupid bullshit about his i would just divorce his ass and get out of there (laughs) But I guess what I potentially could see being good about it, what I did like about it, once we jumped ahead to season two, like, it's the weird flights of fancy were unexpected. Like, when they show how these two people met, how he met his Hungarian, beautiful Hungarian wife, it's because it was World War II, and he bailed out of his plane, and he gets found when he parachutes into a tree by Eva Gabor. And her whole thing is that she... She's all beautiful and dolled up while she's part of the Hungarian resistance because she uses her beauty as a booby trap to confuse German tank soldiers so they can blow up their tanks. And the tank is a literal toy tank that they drove. And, like, that stuff, I could see potential there. Like, okay, if they do that a lot, like, that's unusual for TV. We haven't seen that in earlier TV. Like, the creativity of it, the weird... Like, let's just go off on a tangent and do this bizarre thing. But it wasn't funny. No. No. It dragged. <laughs> it, it dragged too much. Yeah. Um, the writing is poor. It needed to be um, more tightened up and moving faster and, and, and not repeating that same old farm story again and again and again. Especially, like, I was kind of giving them half a pass on episode one. But when we jump ahead to season two, it's been a whole year. And nothing is developed. He still wears his suit every day. He's still telling everyone that'll listen how much he loves corn, (laughs) growing corn. And uh, yeah, and just like a little thing, but it's just weird, is like, it was funny in the first episode when they finally show up at the farm, because he's quite well-to-do and all their Manhattan apartments were nice. You'd think it would be like the Petticoat Junction place, like a a well-to-do country place, but it's just shit. But by season two, it's still just shit. Yeah, their fence is still broken down as they drive off in their big Cadillac to go into go to the community, to yeah, the, the store. The shutters still have hanging off. The shutters are hanging still hanging off. The His cupboards haven't been painted. <laughs> it reminds me of there's these uh, video games called Fallout that are about, like, there was a nuclear apocalypse. And then, you know, this is like 100 years later. What is the world like? So, you know, it's like Mad Max, you know, everyone fighting for bullets or whatever. But it's been a hundred years and all of the buildings still look like that Green Acres place. And that always rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, that would make sense if the apocalypse just happened. They've had a hundred years. There's no reason why you can't tidy up. <laughs> you know? yeah. The apocalypse doesn't make the world apocalyptic forever. Well, and you would do little things like, yeah, first things you do, paint the place, uh, make sure the doors close, put the shutters in place. I mean, you don't have to make it into a, a fancy dancy farmhouse, but you would, yeah, you would 
do a few little cosmetic things particularly farmhouse and with this fastidious yeah like uh debutante sort of not the, what's the word i'm looking for you know uh socialite wife like she's still wearing fancy dresses mm. and stuff she would yeah. have that place whipped if, into shape if they as part of their dialogue had some explanation about that like that he was so into farming like he just didn't have time or out there in the willy wags you couldn't get the supplies but they didn't go into that at all it was really boring it was the same theme that was in the first show which is regurgitated in the second show yeah yeah it's like this basic premise I, I did expect it to be a lot more delightful based on Beverly Hillbillies and based on Petticoat Junction. Yeah, it just seems like the guy behind this show, he just didn't have the spark. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, this is like when you when you think of that idea of the CBS rural purge, it makes a lot more sense in this case. Like, I'm sure they would watch this show and be like, what the fuck is this show? Get this shit off our network. <laughs> like, they had a little a little premise but they didn't have any good writing to go with it. Yeah, or like, uh, like yeah, they have this problem with the crops, right? So they gotta go talk to the crop expert. And the joke is that he says every obvious joke and every boorish thing and everyone rolls their eyes. But then they do that eight or 10 times and it wasn't funny the first time. Like, the joke is that it's not funny, but then no one else is funny either. So <laughs> how is this guy any different from anyone else? It's just, <laughs> yeah. Definitely not very good. And I guess, uh, so yeah, I liked the weird flashbacks and just the, like, I guess I like that the format of TV is opening up. Like the fact that they talk directly to the camera and like they're making self-referential jokes and like it's getting weird. It's not good, but it could be good. You could see how that aspect. If you had some decent writing, yeah, then it could be, it could be okay. But it, it's pretty flat. Yeah. And definitely, it's funny that this is, yeah, like the third show, and it's especially connected to Petticoat Junction. It takes place in Hooterville, and like there's uh, characters that we've seen in Petticoat Junction. But I wouldn't even, I would say Petticoat Junction and Beverly Hillbillies connect up. But the fact that this show was made by a different guy, despite being connected, it doesn't feel connected. Like, I I, I just, yeah. And uh, it was neat, though, to see the dude... Mr. Hanny or whatever. I think he's the guy who made that quote I said earlier about how they canceled everything, including Lassie. But as soon as I heard his voice, I'm going to include a little in the podcast, he's like the sheriff of Nottingham from the the Disney Robin Hood show. And it's just it was neat to see that guy because I know his voice so well from old Disney cartoons where he's like, uh, it's hard to do. It's like it's just his natural voice, but his voice cracks where it's like, and sheriff. And whatever. And it's like, oh, that's that cartoon guy. Because <laughs> that happens once in a while where you'll hear old Disney voices. They're just, they're very distinctive. So that was neat just to see that guy. But yeah, definitely uh, quite a bust on that one. It's like, I really can't imagine it getting much better. I wouldn't give it yeah, another try. I wouldn't either. Yeah. I'm surprised it lasted as many years as it did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it really was just like, Paul Henning was running so high that it just like all of his stuff. But yeah, this one was the the one step too far. Like it's uh, I can understand why he didn't think he could run three shows by himself and he brought in someone else, but he brought in the wrong guy. <laughs> this is lame. And like even that, like I kind of got the sense maybe Eva Gabor could be funny. You know, like there's little bits that were funny and like especially when she was being this weird... Uh, resistance fighter and stuff 
it's like I feel so much potential going on here, but yeah, it's all just falling flat on its face. So I'll, I'll stick with the other two. They could have even had her like more of the the need to get out of that life and back to New York, in, and they didn't do that in yes. this. And, but that could have, it was just poor writing. It was dull. I was sitting there yawning and ready to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say too, like, yeah, as um, one dimensional as he is, so is she yeah like she's just like she put up a little fight but now she's just the good-natured wife yeah <laughs> just like oh very good darling we'll just do whatever you like you know and yeah just yeah just i don't know what a dumb <laughs> i just can't get over that it's been a year and their their shutters are still falling out. and to have most successful shows there has to be some conflict some arguing some misunderstanding and then and then ultimately a resolution at the end but there really wasn't yeah in this it was almost like we were still at the point of uh, introducing all, all these characters to us it was it was just very, it was very flat poor writing yep so uh anyway yeah i don't know how even to, to fucking wrap that up just <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't recommend it you, you win some you lose some last week went well this week did not <laughs>